Today is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2016, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje. And when the world becomes cloudy and it's hard to see and there's not clarity to the events that are going on into the world and there's not clarity to your life and there's not clarity to truth around you, there is a need for something to come and clean that, to make that whole again, to make that visible where you can see through, see through truth and see through events that happen and see through circumstances in your life. And Our Lady has come to us in Medjugorje for the purpose of bringing clarity to our lives, to bringing clarity to the world, bringing clarity to the church. And so tonight, a friend of Medjugorje will open up for us a message that Our Lady gave for us today through Mariana, the day that she asked as a day of prayer for non-believers on the second of the month. And these non-believers are ourselves, not just the people out there who don't believe in God, but those of us who are believers, the non-belief that we have in us and the things that have clouded our lives and our hearts. And so tonight, as a friend of Medjugorje breaks open this message for us, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. I remember in Catholic school and grade school, the nuns teaching us all kind of lessons, things that you don't get now, but I remember particularly in thinking about the apparitions and what's happening, that they said that when you write a story, you build and build and build to the climax. And once you reach the peak, the climax, you end the story as quickly as possible. We've been on the incline since June 24th, 1981. We've not reached the climax of Medjugorje. We're on the incline, and we're climbing, and we're climbing. And to me, being associated with Medjugorje nearly 30 years, nothing is boring about it. Nothing has paled. And in fact, I'm amazed at those who get on the plateau, go to Medjugorje, go to conversion, and stay at the level where they were when they converted or didn't grow, or grew a little bit and grown backwards. How can you do that? Are you reading the messages? Are you seeing what she's saying? I've come to call the world to conversion for the last time. What does that mean? How can you exit a plan from heaven or get used to it and not climb to where it's going to peak at. The story has still been written. This is exciting. It's thrilling to get a second of the month message or a 25th message or something from Yvonne from the mountain. 
or just knowing what a lady's going to do. I talked to Maria a few days ago. It's surreal that we can talk to people who's talking directly to heaven and the highest creature ever made in heaven above all the angels and the souls that's there combined. You put them on a scale and a lady on the other side, they as a whole do not have the pull equal to our lady. She as an individual has that kind of influence. Why? Because she said that today to us. She showed it to us through her message in a marvelous way. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's March 2, 2016 message given on the day for non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, my coming to you is a gift from the Heavenly Father for you. Through his love, I am coming to help you to find the way to truth, to find the way to my Son. I am coming to confirm the truth to you. I desire to remind you of the words of my Son. He pronounced words of salvation for the entire world, the words of love for everyone. That love which he proved by his sacrifice. But even today, many of my children do not know him. They do not want to come to know him. They are indifferent. Because of their indifference, my heart suffers painfully. My son has always been in the Father. By being born on earth, He brought the divine, and from me received the human. With him the word came among us. With him came the light of the world which penetrates hearts, illuminates them, and fills them with love and consolation. My children, all those who love my son can see him, because his face can be seen through the souls which are filled with love for him. Therefore, my children, my apostles, listen to me. Leave vanity and selfishness. Do not live only for what is earthly and material. Love my son and make it so that others may see his face through your love for him. I will help you to come to know him all the more. I will speak to you about him. Thank you. It is amazing that a lady says, listen to me. When 2,000 years ago, she was saying the other way around. Do whatever he tells you at the wedding feast of Cana when he made this first miracle. At her promptings, his response when she called upon him was, woman, my time has not yet come. What does this have to do with you? She didn't answer. She turned to the servants and said, do whatever he tells you. Today she comes 
Instead of saying, do whatever he tells you, she says, you listen to me. Because as he now, 2,000 years later, telling us, like the wedding feast of Canaan that she did to him, that I'm sending my mother, you listen to her. Why? Because for 2,000 years, we listened to Christ. The church grew. It became magnificent. It changed the world, changed its direction, changed pagan cultures into civilized peoples, and has been declining since the French Revolution. The splendor of France, the grace of the church, is glory to what it is now. I recently read in the Catholic newspaper that one of the bishops, I think it was a Filipino bishop, said at a Eucharistic Congress that the church is running on fumes. What does it mean that the church is running on fumes? It means the tank is empty. And when you see gasoline burning in a puddle and you light it, it doesn't burn the liquid, it burns the fumes. So what's left in the tank is no liquid, it's just a little fumes to keep it going. That's a startling statement. Even more startling is his answer is an error. And basically he says, we don't know what to do. He's speaking to 12,000 people at a Eucharistic Congress and he doesn't offer any solutions. His solution was, we've got to come back to the Eucharist. We've got, we've got to call people to the Eucharist. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't start his ministry at the beginning of three years calling people to the Eucharist. Jesus says, repent. Jesus says to pray. And he went to his first year saying that, the second year, and the third year. At the end of his three years, then he broke the Eucharist up and made them understand it and celebrated it only once with them. You would think, let's go through practice. The church is too restrictive. It's too structured. And when it was glorified by its people, who was a Eucharistic people, that which is lost, you can't begin back there at the top. Not at the climax of Jesus' mission, feeding the Eucharist to the 12 apostles. So Ali comes here that we listen to her, like she said today, listen to me to learn repentance, prayer, penance, and peace. Confess. Only that way is the path that the church is fuel tank will be filled. And so the bishops aren't being illuminated like this. They don't see it. And they have no solution they're offering. He said that. Not like I just said it. I'm putting the raw context of it together for you. So we don't have a solution. There's no answers that conveyed. Yes, we do. And that answer is Mary. How do we understand her? By her words today. My son has always been in the father. And then the bombshell. She says, by being born on earth, he brought the divine. And from me, received the human. Incredible words. 
You think she's just another woman? You Protestant brothers of ours, you think she's just another Christian? It was Jesus who brought the divine. It was the Virgin Mary who brought the human man, Jesus Christ. She grew him in her womb, not someplace in space, not to the Holy Spirit and just planted a baby in her. It grew from her body. You don't put new wine in old wineskin. From that one very verse, you can reason out that Mary had to be sinless without sin. And a lot of Protestants have trouble with that, and maybe even many Catholics. Or they're indifferent to it. What is pure cannot be put in what is impure. We don't know Mary. We don't understand who she is. And she says at the end of her message today, I will speak to you about him. But our lady is showing us things about herself. And when she says, from me, receive the human. Purely and completely from the Virgin Mary. We have a chapel on our first floor. Relics from the Vatican, when they give you papers of it, you can take it to the bank. It's like a saint. They don't make them unless they can authenticate it. They certify these relics, whether it's about the true cross, whether it's from St. Francis or other saints or St. John Paul. They certify these are relics, true relics of what they come for. And one of our most precious relics out of over 100 we have, most of those, we have like 150, we have like 100 or so, those papers from the Vatican. One of our most treasured is the relic of St. Anne, the mother of the Virgin Mary, a bone ship. We built the whole chapel for it for the purpose of really going in there and thinking, wow, this is the genetics of the grandmother of Jesus Christ, bone of bone, of the Virgin Mary, and of her body, who was the vessel, the Ark of the Covenant, who held the covenant of Christ. And you can sit in that chapel and think, I'm sitting before the woman who gave birth to the Virgin Mary, whose illuminating grace and the angels and everything that happened and was brought and there at the birth permeated this bone. Sacred it is. And so when our lady says, by being born on earth, he brought the divine and from me received the human. This elevates her to a whole nother level. And the 54 Novena I put together years ago, and then on a plane back from Medjugorje, and wrote it in deep, deep prayer, felt like it was an hour trip coming back to 10 hours or so from Zurich or wherever I was coming from at that time. But I wrote in there on the Glorious Mysteries, the fifth, it says what I said today about her she gave the human. It says, it is in you, speaking of Mary, that it becomes evident God's word was not only spoken, but also heard. God not only called, but man also answered. The salvation was not only presented, but also received. Christ is God's word. Mary, you are the answer. 
In Christ, God has come down from heaven, and you, Mary, the earth has become fruitful. Therefore, O Queen, the gift of redemption freely and perfectly given by God through Christ was freely and perfectly received by you. You are indispensable in God's plan for the redemption of man. And for this age and for us who are alive, I've come to understand that Jesus has redeemed me and Mary has saved me. Why? Because we have so much interruption, so much noise in our world today, so many things that distract us. These things, we can't hear God's word. God's word comes in a way that's quiet. And it's so much in the silence of things that when you hear it, though you can barely hear it, it's like thunder. It's profound. It's powerful. When I got ready to do the writing this morning, early in the wee hours, before dawn, I knelt in front of my fireplace and asked Mary to find this sculptured piece that I'm going to write about this message. I hadn't read it at that point, but that what I'm about to read, what Michelangelo found in the Pieta and discovered in his block of marble, that I find in the message what you want me to write. I called down the Holy Spirit, and I felt Our Lady with me. I wrote for five hours and only wrote nine pages, but it was deep, very deep in my writing. Our Lady has this efficacy to come to us now and be with us for these kinds of tasks, but you have to make the environment. You have to get rid of the noise. You got to get silent. You got to be quiet. And that's the main thing today that's wrong with us. She says, go out into nature and have an encounter with God. Why? Because everything is so chaos. Everything is where noise is constant. Just think back 200 years ago, how quiet people experienced throughout the day. Just the physical quietness of no sound. And everything today is without quietness. It doesn't hardly exist. Not in your car, not in your home, not on the streets, not even in nature. There's always something or so many things going down the road or whatever you hear. And so noise is something that's everywhere. And if you don't get away from that, if you don't recognize how much of that's going on, you will never be able to understand who Mary is and therefore who Christ is through her messages. Everywhere I look lately The only thing I see is some advertiser Telling me what I'm supposed to be At the movies, on my radio On my TV screen Someone's selling, someone's yelling It makes me want to scream My brain is ringing It's getting harder and harder
Our lady said today, I'm coming to help you find the way to truth, to find the way to my son. I am coming to confirm truth to you. And you're not going to be there to find that if you don't create the environment to hear it. She continued, I desire to remind you of the words of my son. He pronounced words of salvation for the entire world and the words of love for everyone. So she comes to help us to find the way of truth, to find the way of my son. We're not finding it. We've lost it. We don't have in our life cell phones as a rebellious act against society. We don't have it in our life that the rudeness of it being interrupted into our prayer life or our social life with each other or just walking across pastures or walking through the tabernacle, that we're being interrupted on every action we do or being constantly looking at something. It's damaging to the spiritual life to grow, to be able to get wisdom and know the word and to find truth. People tune in here to get truth because we've created an environment based on the messages in a way of life that is conducive to hear Our Lady. We don't have television in our homes, home computers, electronic toys, or anything like that in our homes. Our homes have quietness in them. I love to hear the popping and the crackling of a fire in our fireplace. And you may have a fireplace, but if you've got your TV running or your cell phones, you don't even notice that. You miss it. And if you miss that, you'll miss something when God wants to speak to you. I felt our lady spoke to me this morning in what to write and how to write it. But I had an environment of quietness. It's patterned into our home. It's sacred. And it's something to savor because people don't experience it today. And so in the song, it says, the truth is still out there, but it's harder and harder to hear through all this. People go through the whole life now today, never knowing that God wants to speak to them. But it's just like in a group of four or five people talking, and one never be able to get the word in. God doesn't push his stuff on you. He's not going to force you you to be heard. You have to open yourself and make the environment for that to happen. When I was reading the message for the first time today, I really felt a deep sorrow in in reading Our Lady's words about the indifference of hearts and the pain that she suffers because of that. She goes through the whole message saying what our, what her son has done. He brings words of salvation, brings words of love, He pierces our hearts, illuminates them, fills them with love and consolation. All of these beautiful things. He dies on the cross to prove his love for us. At the very end of the sentence, she says in a way that says, I want you to listen to what I'm going to tell you. She says, therefore, my children, my apostles, listen to me. Leave vanity and selfishness. 
Do not live only for what is earthly and material. Well, she's not necessarily addressing non-believers. She's addressing her children. And she says, many of my children do not know him. And she relays that to because we're living vanity and selfishness. We're concentrated on earthly and material. And right now with the whole presidential election going on and the fights, the battles going on, there seems to be so much of that that it's hard, as the song says, to get past the noise. So how do we get past the noise in order to hear that, to understand that we're losing our future because we're so focused on our world rather than eternal life? We have to be radical. And normal. Radical today and normal for yesterday. 50 years ago, everything was normal. But if you're going to take that way we lived before, apply that today, you're radical. So you have to be radical. Not having a cell phone, people can't, how do you do that? How do you run an international mission seven hours apart, spread out in different places across the world, dealing with people internationally all the time, and you not have a cell phone and vendors and operations and trucks coming in and out of here, paper, printing, all the shipping, everything, activities right now that we have, uh, a whole huge operation and not have a cell phone. We do it by simply not having a cell phone. You say, oh, I can't do it because of my work. It doesn't matter that we have these difficulties that is presented to us that seem impossible. I know my daughter Bridget was, what was that, a contractor that, that had a cell phone? I didn't think it was a roofing contractor. They were down on the print shop ramp. And he got, he got mad about it or something because it yeah. ran? Well, she, I think she came to you because he was on his cell phone. Mm-hmm. So she came to tell on him. She's looking at him through the window and she's come to tell on him. <laughs> you know, so he's got this cell phone and he's, so she's, she, she comes to you and says, daddy's on the cell phone and, and you said, just pray for, just pray for him. Don't worry, but just pray for him or whatever. And then we're I, looking out the window. Yeah, go ahead. You finish the story, though. So then the scene unfolds. We're watching, this, we're watching, several of us are watching through the window. So this contractor's down on our print shop ramp, and from a third floor a vestibule area outside of the auditorium, you can look down and see right into the print shop ramp. So this contractor's down there working on some roofing material. He's got the cell phone in his hand, and worried Bridget is there. This guy's on his cell phone and everybody's watching him through the window. And all of a sudden, this guy takes his cell phone, looks at it, and throws it as hard as he can against the wall and smashes it to a million pieces. <laughs> so, so, the moral of the story is prayer works. <laughs> so, we're saying praying for this. You, you, and it is. It's exorcistic here. People feel something and they, they get angry or whatever. Uh, it's written on the bell that people come here and disturbs the plans the mother, the Queen of Nazareth delivered here which is peace they'll have no peace you can't have peace with what you do here if you're contradicting what is our lady laid out for a way of life because nobody's given a window of a witness to taking the courageous steps to say we won't participate in it we had a priest here yesterday and he said he says you got computers in your mission we said we're very high tech in the mission we don't cross the line with cell phones but we've got the latest greatest 
equipment. But none of this goes back into our homes. We have a sanctuary. We have a place we can go to and get away from these things. And even at work, it doesn't master us. We master it. Very few people have a handle on that. And nobody will have a handle on it if you don't have quiet time at 5 a.m. in prayer or structured prayer like we do three hours a day. It will control you rather than you control it. So we use it for the benefit of heaven in a proper way. Television, throw it away. Don't use this system. This medium is no good. Reread I see far. Television doesn't do for good what it does for bad. We would be a better world without it. We do not need it. It is not necessary. It is a great evil the way it delivers its message, even for good. You see, Anatha, you can't argue my point, and it's too deep to go into if you read I see far. There's so many things that we accept. Oh, it's good. Oh, this helps us. I just watch sports. Go out and play sports. Don't watch it. We tell people we live life while they watch it. There's a big difference in that. And when we threw away TV 20 years ago, became TV free, we begin to live for the first time. And our children is raised here has benefited. They're different from everybody else. They think different. This priest yesterday was saying, you know, he says, he, I guess he's approaching 70 years old. He says, the youth today, there's something strange. They think different. And it's true. Because all they've ever known is noise and interruptions. They have these problems that they create where they have no solution of quietness that can give them the answer. So they're not even able to be open for the messages of Our Lady. And so we see ourselves in a situation today that following Our Lady is very difficult. Our Lady could not have come today and begin what she began in 1981 at 2016, March 2nd. Why? Because she would never have been able to penetrate the mindset and the mentalities of what's built in. And so we're approaching an incline, a climax of events that's going to alter the whole world and you can be indifferent to it or you can peer into this and realize, I'm going to go deeper into these messages. I'm going to find me a corner. She said, literally, go find a corner where you can pray. What does that mean? Go be quiet. What are you looking, what if you do, What the teachers used to put us in the corner of the schoolroom, at least me anyway. And what you did, and you can't distract, you can't see nothing. You're just looking at the, looking on the line, going up and down. But it's, but it's solitude. It, it, and so our ladies tells us to do that, to get away from everything. You have to do that. Modern man must have it. If he doesn't, he will never know which way he's supposed to go. He'll never understand that our ladies here, and that one day we won't have her no more. What's going to be like when she ceases her apparitions, when all's done? We're coming to that. Our lady's teaching us to make it anywhere she sends us. She's training us to be apostles. And her relationship is not, not, it's not to a whole group of people. It's not to the whole world. She speaks that way, my children. But her relationship is intimate, one-on-one. And you can feel that if you set up your circumstances like I did this morning. You can be in her presence. Or rather, you might want to say she can be in your presence. 
She'll make herself felt. She's got that efficacy. I'm convinced it's going to stay with us after these apparitions because she says, when I leave, my eyes and heart will still be here. And she wants us to deliver messages and learn the messages so that when she's no longer here, there won't be like an insecure child taking his first steps. So we have no choice to accept her voice and follow it and become a light. She's caused to be lit up. And it's going to be sad. I know she sees these visionaries and she thinks to them how she can barely look at them when she's got her Leave them. She's, we told the story about Maria. The lady wanted to take her to heaven. She was so good and so perfect in her walk in the beginning of the apparitions. It was difficult for a lady not to take her on to heaven. And so a lady's here. She's right beside you, and she wants to be with you. I'll sing it one last time for you. Then we really have to go You've been the only thing that's right In all lifetime And I can barely look at you But every single
I don't even have the capability of imagining life without Our Lady. And I don't think we can accept the justice that we don't deserve her, that we will ever be able to do without her, leaving the traces of her walk with us now after she's gone. Just as the visionaries have to be given the gift, I'm convinced, to at least see Our Lady once a year, that they have something to get up for and wake up for. Because as Ivan said, once you've seen Our Lady once, one apparition, nothing else in life would be of interest to you. That they have to have that hope to look forward to seeing what they had on a daily basis. Otherwise, their life will be unbearable. I'm certain of that. And so Our Lady says the words of the song, even if you cannot hear my voice, I'll be right beside you, dear. Even though we've got so much noise and we can't hear her voice, she is trying to reach us so much that she's there waiting for you to respond through quietness and silence. You don't know what gifts you've been given. You don't understand what's happening. You don't even understand what is available to you. You have to get yourself in the proper disposition. You can't force it. It's a gift. Our Lady says, My coming to you is a gift from the Heavenly Father for you. I am coming to help you. Coming, what does that mean? It means you come from a distance, moving to a place. Our Lady is physically moving from heaven to the earth. Think about that. That struck me this morning. The word coming. And so we're the only place I know in the whole world as a body of people that go every day out on the hour at this moment, standard time, that we go out at 10 o'clock, we go on our knees and we pray a rosary in preparation for when she comes physically to the earth and blesses us on our knees. We want to be in the best disposition to receive the full amount of the graces. That is one of our joyous, most beautiful times of the day, no matter how cold or the weather or what it is. We've patterned our day, our doctor's appointments, everything we do, we live for this moment in the day where we can come and have done it almost 30 years in the field where we receive her blessing. Often when we talk to Maria, we ask, I say, hey, we're going to be in the field. You know, you were in the field. Would you ask her to bless us? We have confidence that she does that. We know she does a blessing every day. But even that gives an extra grace to us. And so, what are you doing when you realize after this time has passed what you could have been doing? Or what Lady says, what you, you could have done, but you did not want to. You have to make a decision for this. Because Our Lady's beside you. She's waiting and waiting and waiting. And you may, you may have never experienced what you could experience from her if you opened up to her. And with that, you'll never know what kind of revelations you'll receive as a result of opening up your life to this kind of thing. But Our Lady in the message today says, I will help you to come to know him all the more. I will speak to you about him. Now, 
last, I, be, I think it was the last second of the month message, Our Lady spoke about the resurrection and the assumption. In this message, she speaks about what you had spoken about earlier, uh, being born on earth. He brought the divine for me, received the human. This is a deeply theological statement. Uh, this is this is something that is beyond anything that we can understand. And and it reminds me of, I think it was Maria, I think if if, if correct me if I'm wrong about the story, uh, a priest was talking to her about something that was not theologically correct, or she said, this priest said it was not theologically correct. And she said, well, I don't know about your theology, I just know Our Lady said that. Mm-hmm. And so the simplicity of what how Our Lady speaks to us, so we're well, so receiving all of this in this message. So the question is, is when Our Lady says that I will help you come to know him all the more, I will speak to you about him, is she talking about more messages revealing things like this? Is she talking about just something that's just personal in our prayer? I mean, again, last month she spoke about the resurrection and the assumption. This time she's speaking these very deep words. When she says, I will speak to you about him, does this mean she has more revelations to give us about Jesus? Not just in the in what we understand in the prayer, but about his life, about her life and his life together. Well, when she says the words, I will speak to you about him, means there's a lot more to come. That's an announcement. I'm prepping you right now that I'm going to tell you more about Jesus, things you don't know. People say, okay, we already have everything we need from the scriptures. Is that true? There's a lot of things about scriptures we still yet to understand. Our Lady actually is giving private revelations. Scriptures is public revelations. But what Our Lady is doing is fulfilling public revelations. Have you ever thought about that? Her coming here is chapter 12, Revelations chapter 12, and she's preparing for the second coming. She's bringing the reality of public revelation. She's fulfilling it. Yes, we have to say her messages and her coming is private revelation. But at the same time, it's public revelation being fulfilled. We live in an incredible biblical moment. The woman with 12 stars about her head, the moon underneath her feet, is speaking to us. You have to pinch yourself if you get into this. So yes, Visca has a book about the life of Our Lady and about Jesus, I'm sure, that's going to be released at the proper time. We will learn things that we never learned before because that helps us to do what Ratzinger said at the time. Later, Pope Benedict, Ratzinger said, we cannot confine ourselves to the sterile repetition of the word, the scriptures. They grow sterile. That's what he said it. We're just going to repeat this. His purpose is to bring them to life. Our Lady's message is to bring the scriptures to life because modern man does not understand scriptures. And Maria says, Our Lady has given us messages for modern man to help him understand the Bible. There's things before the messages in the Bible I never understood. Now I can. I can open up the book right here. Here's Sirach. It's under the title's Humility. Sirach, chapter 3. My son, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Interesting. Our Lady says, coming to you is a gift. Humble yourselves the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. Simple words. You apply these with the messages, you yoke them together, and the stir repetition of scriptures is no longer sterile, but they're invigorated, they're turboed. And we see it in the now sense of modern man, how you should live in humility. And so her coming to find the way of truth through these messages is about the Bible, but in a way that we've not seen before. 
in a way that we need at this moment. Because Our Lady wants to see us in herself. So, yes, to answer your question, there is a lot more coming. We are to pray for this. And there's a lot of things that's going to be revelations, private revelations, but it does have something to do with public revelations. You were talking about theology. There's nothing more theological today in explanation of the scriptures. Nothing out there exists that surpasses the messages of Our Lady. That's why she says, I'm going to give them as never before because we need them. And so all the theology, everything out there, all the the extensive writings and the new encyclopedia, this holds nothing compared to what are they saying to us. And the theological mindset doesn't get it because it's too simple. And so our lady wants to see in us herself. I want to see in myself her. I want to be a reflection of our lady. I've grown to love Our Lady, to love her consolations. We need to have that. Our Lady's here to show us to see her son and everyone else. She said that day, be the face to love in Christ to others who want to imitate you or convert. The others will see not only him and you, but our heart in you if you do this. The very being of us is to be the face of Christ that others will be illuminated, she said today, to the love you have for him. We convert people that way, not by talking, not by preaching, but how we embrace. Our Lady wants to hold you, and you can feel this. She's the mother, and she wants to see herself in your heart. She wants you, therefore, to invite you in her heart. If I met you on the corner, would I know you as you are? Would I take you for a stranger and brush past you in the If you call me, would I hear you, or would I walk away too soon? If I lingered for a moment, would I see myself in you? If I fought you, as a soldier If I had you In my sights Would you ask me To remember Who imagined I was right If you witnessed My surrender Do I know What I would do If you held me Like my brother Would 
But I see myself in you Well, I dreamed my end was near I was almost gone If I dreamed that dream from here And I still with Our Lady opportunity that no man has ever had except those who live when she walked the earth. But she didn't even have the recognition of who she was to the height of what she is now, nor could she even phantom it. And we have the time of Mary and she can hold us and we can hold on to her. Shortly before the broadcast tonight, about an hour before, actually, I got an ch- opportunity to read the second of the month writing from a friend of Medjugorje. You are listening earlier in the broadcast, you heard him speak about how he felt like Our Lady was with him through the course of this writing. And I, I'm not really going to tell you anything about it, except that this is something that you will want to pray from now until Friday when it's going to be released. I don't think... I don't see that there's not a single person in the entire world that that doesn't reply to or that won't be able to understand it. It's a short read. It's only about 10 or 15 minutes. But we just encourage you, even if you have to get up early in the morning to get by yourself, to get away, to print this out when you will send you the blast, it'll be on medj.com, but print it out, have this spend Five minutes in prayer, deep prayer with Our Lady, and ask Our Lady to read this alongside you. And even if you have to get in your car, whatever you have to do to get away from the noise around you, uh, just to take the time. All I can tell you is that you need to read it, that uh, you'll call people, you'll call your friends, everybody who you know, and you won't be able to tell them anything except you just need to read this. I went down to a friend of Medjugorje's house to pick up the papers because I was going to be... um typing them out and he had just finished it and he expressed to me that this was a a very moving experience 
as he did earlier in the show. And he wanted me to read it without going and working on it right away, just to read it. But he told me to pray that I, that Our Lady would, would meet me in this writing, that I would encounter her, that I would feel her presence while I read this. And just by speaking to him about his own experience, I did enter into a prayer before I, I began to read it. And, was very touched by it. This is a different kind of writing of a friend of Medjugorje, and I think it is one that is very needed today. And so I do too encourage you to get it, download it, just read it off of a print copy, not off of your computer, and pray for Our Lady to be present when she, when you read it and you'll understand afterwards why that's important. So before Friday, you have that opportunity to enter into deep prayer. So going back to the message today, we've all heard the saying, the truth hurts. And in this message, our lady speaks again about the word of God. If you read in Ephesians the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So the Word of God is a sword, and a sword penetrates, and are they said that? With him the Word came among us. With him came the light of the world, which penetrates hearts. Well, who really wants a sword to pierce their heart? It's painful, and so many of us in the world today are filled with hurt because of lots of reasons most often because of our own sinfulness. So how do we, how can we approach Our Lady full of fear, of more hurt? Why would we want to open our hearts even to truth when, when the truth hurts? It's the only way that we can really come to know her son. But what does the truth hurt? It hurts ego. It hurts your plans. It hurts what you wanted for the future because you think something's been taken from you. That's the human side of it. When you understand that all you have to do in this life is be holy, that holy is not going to Mass or doing all kinds of special penances and all formulas and prayers and rosaries and all these things. That's not what holy is. What holy is is very simple. What is God's will for you? Your whole effort for your masses and your prayer is, God, what is your will for me? I want to fulfill your will. I want to do your will. Because if you're doing God's will, you are complete. You will have everything you need in consolation and suffering, yes, because that's part of it, because there's nothing more God will want for you than what he wills. And we have a misnomer about holiness and everybody's got to look this or do these different things when it's just very, very basic and very simple. God, I seek your will. I want to do your will today. Show it to me. Manifest it. I pray for it for years to get it. That's all I care about doing throughout the day. And so 
these things that come to us and the injuries is mostly self-inflicted. And when you do God's will, you have these hurts and these things that come. It's what his will is for you to have. And there's a consolation in it, even in what's taken away from you. Oh, God didn't want me to have that. Or he closed that door because I'm not supposed to be walking that way. And you can go on. You lose a child, you lose a spouse. Whatever happens, you can accept it. doesn't mean there won't be sorrow. But when you're doing God's will, there's always that consolation with it. We see it in Genesis. Thristles and briars will you have to work the soil because God ordained that. There's no occupation out there that brings the satisfaction of working with the soil. There's something to it because it's something holy because it's the only occupation ordained by God. Yes, Jesus was a carpenter, but that wasn't ordained for man. It was the work of the soil. And so people get something from that. There's a connection to the earth. And so to follow that, which God has for us, we have to see the way God sees things. All my life, I dreamed of what there was there waiting for me to do. I didn't look at it in the sense before I matured in prayer what God was wanting me to do. And many people have dreams. But we have to unionize those dreams into God's will and alter our plan to do what he has for us. And that's how love will find you. So many people wish they could see, as I said today, the face in you, how you love God, the love that lives in me or in you. And this is what basically very simple all it has. The visionaries behold a true beauty that for them, to me, what I see in them, that without a grace to sustain them, they can live. It's too great of a, of a thing to have and then leave and continue on with life. Our lady comes to see us as individuals. She stands with us. She knows our heart. And she sees us as a treasure. And yet she is our treasure. And so beholding of this beauty is up to us to put ourselves in a situation and environment that we can see it and find it. It's from Our Lady and it's a gift from God.
Enter into the messages. Follow her. It's the only solution we have today. And it's the only way we have to walk. And it's God who offers it. In the book of Sirach, it says, Those who serve her serve the Holy One. Those who love her, the Lord loves. What a gift. What an opportunity. Do not let it pass. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night.
This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Mechagoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.